You are listening to Nathan Chansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. Are you an aspiring creative entrepreneur or established small business owner with a fuel to pursue the things that light you up like nothing else? If so, you are in the right place, my friend. My name is Nathan Chansky, and I'm a photographer and photography business educator. On this podcast, I'm here to drop nothing less than weekly truckloads of business and marketing tips, mindset shifts, and transformative wisdom from my life and career to bring you into the highest potential self that God created you to be. I will see you right here each week, and let's commit to learning, growing, and achieving our goals together one bold step at a time. today's episode I am so excited about because this is like the episode if I can make an episode that like I really needed to hear when I kind of first started as a photographer or even just like yeah a couple years ago like I think this would have been such a good episode for me to hear um this is just all about like when creatives start a business, they need to understand that they're also running a business business. Um, so like I just find that, yeah, everything in here is just everything I'd want to know when I first started and things that I had learned over time um, and then implemented over time and then just found so much freedom out of. So I hope you guys love this episode. I talk kind of a little bit about my story, um, just like when I first started. And then I also go into 10 different ways, kind of like the meat of the episode, 10 different ways that you can run your business like an actual business, um, not just a creative passion and things that you can change like literally today from mindset set to practical tips and all those good things. So it's a nice little overview, um, but I find that this is, this is going to be like definitely a hefty chuck full episode for you guys. But before I get into that, actually, I just want to read a review just so you guys know that I absolutely love these reviews and I read them and they mean so much to me. Um, so I'm going to read a review that I just saw today. Um, it is from Fern Joy. I absolutely love Fern. I've done a coaching call with her and she's the absolute greatest. So she says, I started following Nate before he was promoting his educational stuff and I've just loved being on this journey with him. I literally have never met the man and he's connected to my heart more times than I care to admit. Oh, that's so sweet. He's genuine and full of knowledge that he very generously shares. I started photography at 16 and I wish I had someone like him back then. My experience with beginner photographers back then have been so negative and discouraging, and it's such a breath of fresh air to have a photographer I admire and show up on my timeline and teach me how to grow. That is like that's so sweet and like means so much. And Fern, thank you so much if you are listening. Um, I just really appreciate. That. Like, I don't even deserve that, but thank you so much. Um, and I just, again, I love it when you guys leave me a review that that absolutely helps, um, that just helps like my rankings and like that helps me get more word out there about the podcast um, and helps me grow this. I love doing this. I love podcasting for you guys and I hope I can keep doing this for a long time. So, all right, we're going to dive right into the episode without further ado or further to do. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Um, but all right, you guys, I will see you right in the episode. All 
All right. So today I am talking about something that like is very near and dear to my heart, I guess. No, not really. Um, basically, it's a topic that I just very strongly believe in, which I feel like I say that every time these days, but no, I actually really strongly believe in this. And a lot of times, like if I'm ever talking about kind of like my story as a photographer when I first began, this is something that I'll definitely like say, I don't know. Um, or it's something that I'll definitely talk about is just that like I felt like when I first started as a creative entrepreneur, as a photographer, because that's exactly what I was, what I am is a creative entrepreneur. You know, I'm in a creative space and I'm also an entrepreneur. I find that, or I found that like back then when I had first started as a full-time photographer, even though I think that I would say my creativity was at a decent place, like especially for like just beginning, you know, like I think it was at a pretty good place. My business running skills were just not it. And not even my business running skills, but just uh, what I knew about running a business and then actually the implementation of how to run a business. So that's really what I kind of want to flesh out in this episode is that creative entrepreneurs have to learn business in order to succeed and grow in their business. Um, which obviously is kind of like a self-proving statement, you know. Um, it, you, in order to run a business, you have to learn business, right? And you know, it's really funny because it's one of those odd, like paradigms of, uh, you know, how you are. Even if you're creative, you have to know how to run a business, right? But it's almost like that paradigm, if you flip it around isn't as uh, true, I guess I'd say. Or maybe people would fight me on that, but let me kind of phrase it like this. So I know good business owners. I know really good business owners. And I'm talking like, not just like good, but like incredibly excellent business owners, very profitable business owners who aren't all that creative necessarily, who aren't like what I would consider like the like, essence of like all Pablo Picasso, like Rembrandt creativity. I'm naming like random artists, by the way, if you're like, who are these people? Um, so like, I, I know incredible business owners, very profitable, successful business owners who aren't like the top tier of creativity necessarily. And, you know, honestly, I can say that because I'm pretty sure they would say that about themselves too. And quite frankly, I don't think I'm like the top tier creative either. So like, I'm not really saying, I guess what I'm saying is like, I know, um, you probably already know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not like accidentally putting anybody down. Um, but just like, I do know incredible business owners who aren't all that like creative naturally. Okay. And they still do amazing. Now, however, let me flip that on its head and show you how this like in reverse doesn't actually, uh, work the same way. So I actually don't know highly, highly creatively talented people, like at their core, just like really incredible creatives who don't know business, who succeed. I know that was like a double negative. So basically, I don't know highly creative people who are killing it at the creativity, who then also don't know business, who succeed. So it's like the opposite of what I said before. Basically, what I'm getting at is when you're running a business, Ultimately, if you are just creative 
and you are just an incredible creator, that is not necessarily going to lead you to profitability or financial success in your business, which ultimately, and you might be like, okay, well, it's not all about money. No, it's not all about money, but I will say if you want to keep doing the thing you love doing, you still have to make money to pay your bills. So ultimately, it does come down to money in a sense um, because money provides us the means by which we can still function in our area of expertise and our area of passion. So again, in a way, I would say that business is almost the most important of the two sometimes. Um, but I would say I'm a little bit biased by that because I know like when I first started and just like my story is that I focused way too heavily on the creative side of it and not enough on the business side of it. So maybe I'm pendulum swinging a little bit. Um, but anyway, my story is basically that when I started as a photographer, I treated my business like a hobby for the most part. You know, It was much more, and I wouldn't have admitted that back then, heck no. But like I, as I look back now, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I definitely treated it like a hobby. Um, and I thought it was a business but it, it, it wasn't. Um, and I also, another big thing about like the way I treated my business back then was just like, I wasn't thinking long-term as a business owner. I definitely, um, in so many senses, like there were a lot of influences around me. Um, and just like my upbringing and my community that was very like, Hey, like, I don't think that photography is something that you can make like a substantial business. And like, to the credit of all those influences, I mean, if photography for many, uh, like for many years, a lot of times is a ho- has been a hobby and something like kind of like a hobbyist's career, if that makes any sense. And it's only been, I think, uh, recently that you know a lot of different photographers have been able to make a very substantial income and career off of it because I think um, you know, creatives are getting smart with their businesses and they're getting, they're learning how to run incredibly, incredibly profitable businesses. And that's so awesome. Like, I just love that, that like creatives are actually running profitable businesses these days. Um, but like when I first started again, like I wasn't thinking long-term and that really shot me in the foot because my business was struggling. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking long-term. And so I wasn't making these decisions that were long-term goals, goal-based and, and and they were just a hodgepodge of things um, instead of laser-focused and um, very streamlined and uh, long-term focused. And, you know, I think a lot of, I think another thing is like a lot of creatives can get in a rut of just like, and I know that I, I had this for sure, of like starting your business almost out of like wanting to escape business as a whole wanting to escape the business aspects of the corporate world and just focus on the creative passion, right? That the creative passion that kind of got you into everything in the first place and the thing that really lights you up, right? And it's like, you know, you come from your nine to five and you have all these things uh, such as, you know, accounting and finances and you have um, math and you have, like all the, I'm only naming like numbers based things, but like you have like administrational tasks, administrative tasks, and then you have just organization and you have like discipline, you have like a boss cracking the whip over you and uh, you, you have tracking things and analytics and like all these things that, be, and you have emails and you have all these things that you're like, okay, I'm going to try to escape all of these things by starting my own creative business because since it's based on my creative passion, I will only have to do my fun, creative, passionate things, right? Yeah, so wrong. And then if you've ever like jumped in full time to your business or even part time and you start running it, 
you realize quickly that that's not the case. Actually, if anything, I would say that like once you jump into doing your creative passion as a business, all the things you were actually trying to escape are actually now just magnified. You know, like if you hated accounting before, it's only going to be magnified when you're running your own business and you're crunching your own numbers. You have to be even more on top of your numbers than if you were in a nine to five. Uh, when it comes to responding to emails, you know, you got to respond to every single email like that comes your way. There's going to be no one picking up the slack if you are like not making ends meet. So, you know, like you got to respond to every single email, probably way more of them because you're, you know, oftentimes starting as a one man or one woman show. Um, so like a lot of these things you were trying to escape are actually now just magnified. But the thing is, and you might be like, wow, that is depressing. But the thing is, it's not depressing because you have to remember that on the other side of that, is that you love what you're doing at its core. You love the actual thing that you're really putting your time to and you're really putting your energy to. Um, and by the way, just like spoiler alert, I ended up personally loving the business part just as much as the, as the creativity part. And that's coming from somebody who like I would tell I would call myself much more creatively inclined rather than like uh, administratively or business minded. Um, I definitely, that, that stuff did not come easy for me. And that's why I had to really, really learn it. And the creativity stuff is what comes a lot easier for me, I would say. Um, that's just the way like, I'm wired. Um, and it's really funny is that like the business part supports, I believe, and gives the creative part the legs to stand on. It's like the vehicle. Otherwise, uh, like the creative part wouldn't even be able to get to where it needs to go, you know? Um, and honestly, you kind of have to test yourself a little bit, kind of like, you know, are you, uh, are you more emotional of a person? Are you more logical of a person? Uh, are you more creative or practical? Are you more of a feeler or are you more of a thinker? Um, so I think it's kind of like, you have to kind of know, you know, it's really funny. You can, you can take personality tests and kind of see like what you get. It's really funny. Cause I was, oh man, on the, a couple like weeks ago, I think I was like kind of ripping on the Enneagram. <laughs> I don't hate the Enneagram. I actually think it's, I think it can be very helpful. Um, but anyway, something someone said to me in a DM, they said, the Enneagram is not trying to put you in a box. It's trying to reveal the box that you're already in. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Because um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Enneagram still, I, I do realize that like, I know that when I start getting into personality tests like Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram, I noticed that once I started kind of putting almost like not labels on myself, but once I started kind of like revealing things in myself through these personality tests that really resonated with me and almost like there was able to be like definitions of things on uh, just like the ways I was feeling, but I never knew how to like put them into words, I guess. Um, it really helped me. It really helped expose like the real me, if that makes any sense. So it was really, it was really helpful to determine uh, just like, okay, so for me, like I'm much more of a uh, feeler than a thinker. And I'm much more of an emotional rather than like uh, a logical. I'm much more creative than practical. You know, that's just like, that at my very very core, that is who I like was. Okay, now I've I've grown and I feel like I'm much more balanced in the two sides of those equations um, now. But at, at at my core, especially when I started my business too, like I was definitely much more towards one side than the other, and so it was really nice to um, find those things revealed to me, and then I knew how to um, balance those things out once they were actually revealed to me. 
So, you know, I want to get into just to kind of like get into a little bit of meat in this episode now that I've kind of explained a little bit where I'm coming from, um, just to get into a little bit of the meat of the episode. So I want to give you basically like 10 things I've learned that maybe you could change right here and now starting today. Um, in your business. And and maybe there have been things where you're like, okay, well, I wish I was running my business more like a business, but um, I don't really know how. I don't really know where to start. And I hear people saying that, and I don't really know what that means. Um, so I'm going to give you 10 things and 10 things that I've found um, you can change about your business to run it more like a business rather than just a hobby or rather than just a creative passion, okay? And there's probably way more than just these 10 things, but these are the 10 that really stand out to me and the 10 that I think will really help you and things that you can change. So starting with number one, uh, number one is be your own incredible boss, and this is basically, you know, this is this comes down to uh, productivity. It comes down to the fact that like everything starts with you at just your day to day lifestyle, your hour to hour lifestyle. A healthy person runs a healthy business, and that almost never happens the opposite way. I did an episode, a Monday Mindset episode. I don't remember which one it was, but it was basically titled, I think it was titled, Be the Person You Want to Become. And it's all about basically the fact that if you aren't here now, today, the person that you ultimately want to become in the future, like your goal version of yourself, um, it's going to be very hard for you to actually get there because you haven't made that decision to just be that person. So if you're in a situation where you're like, okay, I want to be running a seven-figure company by the time I'm X age or something like that. Well, what you have to understand is that like, you don't become that person who runs that business when you get to that age. And then you just one day wake up to be that person. Like You have to be that person today, and you have to set those things in place today. Um, otherwise, you, you, you'll never become that. You'll never reach that person's goals if you never become that person first. Okay. Hopefully that makes a little sense. If you if it doesn't, just I would go back and listen to that whole episode because it's definitely it's definitely a doozy. It's like it's something that really hit me hard a while back, and it really changed the game for me. Um, but this whole point is that when you are running your own business, you are your own boss. You carry your own responsibility, all the responsibility, mind you. You carry the discipline for your own tasks, your own daily list. You have your own accountability. And this is tough. This can be very tough at times, um, even when it comes to like productivity. Like product productivity for a lot of people, I think for most people, can be a daily battle. And it's it's something that you have to refine and get better at each day by day because hey, listen, like the battles are won in the small unseen things, not like the big posts on Instagram that big all get that get all the likes or like the big sales. Like the battles of business are won, especially as an entrepreneur, they are won in waking up consistently, like little things like that, in uh, setting work hours and sticking to those work hours and working hard in those work hours, in making your deadlines, in keeping those deadlines. Like these are where the battles are won. And um, sometimes it's a little bit more unseen and a little bit quieter. Um, but this is truly what it comes back to. It starts with you, it starts with you being an incredible boss for yourself. All right, number two, know where you are strong and then work in that space know where you are weak, and then let someone else do it. So I should have made that more like jingle 
ask. I feel like that was a little clunky. I feel like I could work on that for next time. <laughs> Sorry. But anyways, uh, so basically, you're, you have a zone of genius. That's just the way it is. And you have kind of like, you have things that you are better at than so many other people. And that's kind of like why you got into what you got into is because you found yourself um, having an incredible gift in something or having an incredible passion for something. So there are things that you can do better than anyone else, things that come more naturally to you, things that don't drain your energy, but they actually inspire more energy. And that's the, those are the things that you want to keep doing. So if you find, like, I'll give you an example. So for me, I know for me, like uh, being the photographer, taking the photos, snapping the pictures, that's my zone of genius, obviously. As I'm as the photographer, that's my zone of genius. That's something I'm never going to give up to any anybody else, um, unless you were going to have like an associate team or something like that. But for me, like that's something that I really never want to give up to anybody else. So that's my zone of genius. I know, I know it's my zone of genius because I can't really have anybody else to do it. Um, or with my um, running my social media accounts, like no one can post stories for me and have them be of my face if it's not me running it. You know, um, no one can do those reels if I if the face is not me and it's not me in my account. You know, so like those are you know those are some of my zones of genius. I can't outsource that. That's something that I can only do. Um, but then when there's things that are not your zone of genius, things that you're not the best at, things that drain your energy, things that I guarantee you someone else could do better than you, make sure you get those things off your plate. And obviously, you might think to yourself, okay, like I have to wait until I get to be like this huge earning big business in order to ever like hire anybody on or contract any workout. But that's really not true. Um, you know, like the I feel like the best business owners are the ones who know what they're not good at and they're willing to humbly give that up to somebody else and let somebody else do it. Because hey, there's somebody who probably loves the things that you hate. And outsourcing, frankly, is never as pricey as you really think it is. A lot of times it's just like the fear of the unknown for a lot of us. Um, so stack up the things that you absolutely love to do and then clear out the things you hate and just aren't that great at. DIYing is not the way, especially for entrepreneurs. Like, do not go the DIY route. DIY might be great for a lot of other areas of life, but not as an entrepreneur. Um, do not DIY everything. I, I really can't stress that enough. I, I try to do that back in the day, and it just was not good. Again, many business owners, the best business owners, know their strengths and weaknesses, and they are humble enough to let someone else do the work that they are not good at. So, number three, spend money like a business and not like an individual, okay? So, the best way I can put this is you need to invest in yourself as a business and not get caught in the mindset of everyone else's rules of money. I frankly, I think that it's really good to throw out a lot of standard rules of money or money mindset that a lot of people carry with them in the normal world. And I think that entrepreneurship is a completely different ballpark when it comes to money and money mindset. I think when you when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you guys, like I truly believe this, I think just sitting on your money is a very bad thing. Saving your money like a miser is a very bad thing for business growth and spending your money smartly, spending it smart, is a very good thing. Um, it's funny because I have been, my wife and I love to watch the show Shark Tank and lately like I've just been so baffled at how like, you know, these um, these people, these business owner entrepreneurs will come in front of these sharks 
and they will pitch their product to the shark and then the sharks will say something like hey like how you know give me your numbers all that kind of stuff and it just baffles me at like basically you know they'll give the, they will give their sales and their sales are like uh we're 2 million year to date and all the sharks are like wow that's incredible and then they'll say like what's your profit margin basically and they'll be like oh well um we've made i think it'd be like 400,000 um in the same year and so ultimately like they're they, they are literally spending way more than they're saving profiting you know what i'm saying or yes they're spending more than they're profiting and so what's what's just crazy to me is that like how much money people actually put in their businesses now now i would and i'm just going to say this before i go anywhere i am not telling you to spend more than you make um that or spend more than you profit that's not at all what i'm saying i mean i think maybe some really gutsy entrepreneurs might do that um i do not do that i definitely profit more than I am spending. And I don't believe that is a bad thing. I think that's a really good thing. Um, so I, I, and maybe someone would critique, critique me on that. Um, but I would say I'm not trying to tell, like, like if, like, especially if you're in your first couple of years, um, don't be going out there just blowing all your money because you heard a podcast talking about Shark Tank and he said that they spent more than they profited. Like, don't, please don't hear me saying that. But the point I want to make here is that, like, your money is going to grow just about as much as it moves. And it's it's not going to grow if it's just sitting. And so when it comes to being an entrepreneur, like there is a dimension where you need to be spending money in order to make more money. Um, so if you need to buy gear that gets you to the place where you need to be, if you need to buy the computer that, get, that gets you to work efficiently, um, to run your programs, if you need to buy the subscriptions, the apps, um, if you got to get like a CRM, like HoneyBook, if you got to get like your, your Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever it is, you got to buy the education. I, I don't know what it is. Like, and I, again, I'm not here to say blow all your money, but I'm just saying, don't be someone who just sits on your money. And I, again, I'm, I'm speaking to myself back when I first started because I sat on so much of my money and I was like, oh, well, saving's a good thing. Right. And I was always taught that growing up that like saving was so great. And like, you know, when I was like 10 years old, it was like, pat on the back. You're such a good kid, Nate. Like you don't ever spend any money. I was like, yeah, you know? And so, and not that that was bad. Like, it's really good to tell your kid like, Hey, be a good saver. But as an entrepreneur, you need to be willing to spend money in order to grow your money. Um, frankly, get an accountant, (laughs) get an accountant when it goes, goes back to like, you know, where, no, we're, strong, no we're weak. Make sure you get an accountant because your accountant will definitely encourage you in this whole endeavor to like spend the money because like when it comes to write-offs and all that kind of stuff, um just like make it was funny because this last this last year when I did my taxes, I had a new accountant and I absolutely love him. And he was basically like, I thought I had spent like way too much um this past year and just like Spend, spent a lot on expenses. Um, and he actually like was emailing me back and he's like, Hey, I just want to encourage you next year to like, if you need to spend more, just like spend more because, um, he's like, obviously it's great that you're really profitable, but just like, make sure you're spending enough. Um, if you need to spend more and da, 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 da. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not spending enough. Um, so I just, yeah, get an accountant if you want to be encouraged in that. Um, but again, to each their own, if you are more of a spender and you're less of a saver and you struggle with saving, maybe this point isn't as much for you. But again, 
money that is you you have to you have to grow you have to move your money around in order to grow it oftentimes photographers have you ever come home from a photo shoot backed up your photos and been overwhelmed at the number of photos you have to call or select from that photo shoot i totally know that feeling like we really only need a fraction of those photos so we need an efficient system that narrows down those thousands of photos taken to the ones we actually edit and deliver all right so let me tell you how freaking excited I am to introduce to you my go-to photo culling software, Narrative Select. Narrative Select is the calling app of my dreams and truly is everything I didn't even know I even needed in a calling software. Its incredibly intuitive interface allows me to seamlessly and quickly import my photos, sort them by capture time, gives me AI ratings on photos, checks for focus, open eyes without even having me to check, and my favorite feature, the close-up side panel that auto zooms on faces so I never even have to. By the way, yes, I have tried other calling apps out there and Narrative Select is my top choice and the one I naturally keep coming back to. I can't tell you how much time and honestly brain power that Narrative Select saves me and it even gets better. You can even use Narrative Select for free so you actually have nothing to lose here. So head down to the Narrative Select link in the show notes of this episode to have your own culling workflow absolutely revolutionized. Okay, number four. So learn how to sell. You got to learn how to sell. If you want to be in business you have for any amount of time, you have to learn how to sell. And maybe this isn't like the f- most fun to hear, but it's very important. You can't run a business if you don't know how to sell your products. Everything comes back to making the sale and making money. Otherwise, you can't run your business, right? Um, you know, and I've done episodes, I think I've done I did an episode with Ellie about sales. So go back and listen to that one if you want to hear more about sales. I'm not going to get into like a sales education blurb here a second, but um just like, you know, I've reels on this. So like I'd love to do a course on it eventually. Um, but sales, invest in learning sales um, and practice, practice selling. You know, learn how to work with people, learn human psychology, follow people who know how to sell and learn from those people. Um, and then really self-analyze, like know how, know your sales process, know what you need to work on in sales. If you, I know people who record their sales calls, um, like if they're doing a sales call with a potential client and they're doing it on Zoom, they will record the call just so that they can go back and watch and they can be like, okay, how did I do? What can I critique about this? And I know it might be excruciating to watch yourself do that. I've never done it yet. Maybe I need to though. Um, <laughs> but I think it can be really helpful to understand exactly what is going on there um, in your sales process. So remember, selling is a good thing. It's not the bad guy. It allows you to run your business. It allows you to do the thing you love and to serve people with your gift. That is a good thing. All right, so five, run your business like a franchise. I love this topic. So this topic comes from the book E-Myth. If you've ever heard of the book E-Myth, I forgot the author, but go pick up that book E-Myth or listen to an audiobook or something like that. I should literally listen to this book every single year because I love it so much. Um, and this really goes back to a lot of like organization and systems. So a lot of creatives, when they start a business... They don't know how to run the business. They just know how to do the creative thing that they went into business for, right? Um, But what you have to understand is that the more you can run your business like a franchise, the more you can remove your own like self-essential 
ism, I don't know if that's even a word, from your business. So basically, if you, and, and what I mean by franchise, let me kind of define franchise. So if you look at a place like McDonald's, and this is kind of, I think this is the um, example he gives in Emeth, McDonald's is a franchise, okay? So what it basically is, is it's a repeatable template for success. It's a repeatable business template for success. So um, if you want to open a McDonald's and be like the manager or owner of the McDonald's, I'm pretty sure, maybe I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can um, because you can get like, you basically what you do is like you get the template from the McDonald's um, head company, whatever. Wow, I definitely don't know what I'm talking about. But you basically are able to um, build a McDonald's business of your own based on the template and the standard of whatever uh, the the head of the franchise is giving you. Um, so it's basically like, hey, McDonald's has a name, McDonald's has a system, McDonald's has an organization, methods, workflows, values that are proven to work time and time and time again. And so basically the business is not just run by a person and just one way, one person's way of doing it, it's run by a system. Does this kind of start to make sense a little bit? Um, so it's taking you, the person, out of the equation, and it really puts the system into the equation. It's kind of like taking a human out of it and putting like a robot into it almost. Um, and it sounds like, oh wow, very like not something fun to think about, but it is, it's an awesome thing because. It, it's basically, it, it goes back to making everything you do repeatable and easily explainable. So the question he actually gives you in the book is, could you, the, the way to kind of tell, is your business franchisable? Is your business um, running with a good organizational system? Is um, if you were told that you have to sell your business in a week, could you do that? And what he means by that is when you sell your business, basically you're handing over the reins to somebody else. So that other person and that other or that other team needs to know exactly what you do and how you run your business and do it the exact same way. Um, and you have to explain all this to them within a week. So could you do that? And I'm talking from how you email people to how you send your contracts and invoices to uh, you know all your files in your folders to all your hard drives um, to all your SD cards where they're stored to like um, you know like charging up your batteries even like to like the gear you use to like all these different things um, are like your day to day lifestyle. As a business owner, your your business hours, the things you work in, could you transfer all of that in a very explainable format to a whole different person or group of people? And if you can't do that in a very timely fashion, and it would just be like a mess that you're just vomiting out to someone and being like, ah, uh, here. Um, if you can't do that, then it ultimately shows that your business is not franchisable, and it's so, 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 so dependent on just you, which is a really dangerous place to be in because what happens then is that it makes it very difficult for you ever to outsource anything because 
you ultimately, everything just depends on you. You're the only one that knows how to do it. You're the only one that knows how to upload a gallery. You're the only one that knows how to email a client. You're the only one that knows how to um, edit a photo. You're the only one that knows how to uh, do, do any of these things. And so ultimately, if you ever want to take a vacation, if you ever want to take a break day, if you ever want to get a whole chunk of work off your daily task list, you can't because you can't transfer that knowledge over to anybody. So the really awesome thing about franchise or just making your business quote-unquote franchisable. Again, it's such a quote-unquote franchisable because you're not literally franchising. But what's so cool about that is it makes it so much easier to get work off your plate eventually and to actually outsource. Um, And ultimately, it gets you your life back and your business is running smoother as a whole. So if you want more on that, I could go on and on. But like, go read that book. It's such an incredible window just into that whole world. Um, So number six, be consistent and set your goals. So the fact of the matter is excitement and talent does not win the ball game. Um, consistency does. And I, over and over, like consistent ones win. I actually started noticing this uh, a couple years into starting as a photographer and, or just as an entrepreneur in general. And it was because I struggled with consistency. I was definitely a very inconsistent person and business owner. I, you know, wasn't consistent in my marketing, in the way I showed up on social media. I wasn't consistent in my work hours. I wasn't consistent even even things like my attitude and my work ethic. And I found that like it's not I I I was always reaching for like I just want to be the best at what I do, like in that creative field that I'm in. But I was like, but hey, the thing is, is just being the best. It, like as the creative, like just being the best, most creative person ever, or just having like the best, 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 best only product, um, just for the sake of that, is never the only goal. Like obviously, it's it's a goal to always be your best that you can be, but frankly, it's the consistency that wins the game. And how do you stay consistent? Oftentimes, the way we can stay consistent best is by setting incredible goals and sticking to those goals. Consistency with the eyes on your goals is truly the winning formula there. Um, It's really hard to reach something that you haven't yet defined in a goal format. So don't be aimless. Set your goals. Stay consistent in the little things to actually get there. So number seven, track everything and know your numbers. So if you don't track it, it's going to be very hard for you to ever... Uh, measure its impact basically. You know, there's sales processes, there's branding copy, social media marketing, like where do your leads come from? Uh, are you checking Google Analytics? Um, you know, hits on your website? Um, are you checking finances, your hours of work? If you don't track any of those things, um, it's going to be very hard for you to like know where you stand on impact, know where you stand and where you should put your time. Next time, you know, how much should you spend on something next time? Like, how much are you paying somebody? Um, I mean, even it's so good, like, especially as a creative entrepreneur, just to know, like, how much do you make per hour? Seriously, like, how much are you charging based on that? You know, because you might literally get down to it and you're like, okay, so as a, <laughs> as a photographer, I, I literally went down to it and I'm like, wow, okay, what if I'm just making like uh, $10 an hour? But yeah, literally $10 an hour. Like you know what I mean? Because if you go down that that whole like list of things um, that you do, and you find out that you crunch all the numbers down, you you track everything, and you're like, I am literally making ten dollars an hour. That's like obviously that's a red alert of like, okay, 
I need to either raise my prices or I need to like get freaking quicker and more efficient at what I'm doing because $10 an hour is not cutting it, you know? So I think it's really good to make sure you track everything and you're knowing your numbers, especially financially speaking. Um, It's hard to decide for future if you don't track something. Um, so make sure you track it. And, and automation, by the way, is awesome for tracking. Like automate as much as possible, you guys. Like if you can um, automate, like you know, especially your finances, that is incredible. Like um, you know, like I have QuickBooks, I have HoneyBook, and both track my finances, and and they are so incredibly helpful for me, um, so that I don't have to do that. I'm, I don't have to manually like plug in every freaking number. All right. So number eight, professionalism over emotionalism. This is a really short one, but I do want to touch on it quickly because um, it's just the thought that, like, when you're in business, don't th- don't take things personally when they go wrong, or even when they go right. Um, don't worry like so much about what people are always thinking of you. Keep yourself thinking more than you are feeling, honestly. And I, I really think that like the more your business mindset is a steady mindset and it's not all over the place with emotion, the more you're going to find yourself, again, in that place of consistency um, because again, consistency wins the game. Um, I think now, again, I, I love passion. Passion is great. It's literally called the Passion with Purpose podcast. Um, but once you have passion, you got to commit to that passion still, you know, and some days it's not going to feel passionate and that's okay. And you have to be able to commit yourself to something and you have to be able to take it on professionally. Like this is my business. This is my career. I'm not going to just take it emotionally. I'm not just going to always follow my feelings. Um, like, and, and again, this is easier for some people than for others. I know for me, like it wasn't always easy to be steady. I definitely found myself all over the place with emotions. Some days I'd wake up and feel amazing and motivated. Some days I'd wake up and feel drained and unmotivated. And I realized, like, hey, like you gotta you gotta show up every day with a level of steadiness. I mean, I mean, um, if you show up on some day and you're just not feeling it, but it's someone's wedding day and you gotta shoot their wedding day, all right, but you you gotta find it in you to get excited for their day and get super pumped to work with them because like this is this is their wedding day you know what I mean you, you, you can't just be like feeling yucky that day um, so I think it's really important stay steady um, be professional um, treat it like a business and 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 get rid of as much of just like that all over the place um, up and down emotionalism as possible. And I, again, I know this is harder for some people than others. So this is a delicate topic. Um, but just know, like, I if, you, if this is hard for you, don't worry. I'm right there with you. Like, I definitely am at my core a naturally very emotional person. Um, so I totally feel you. All right. So number nine, education. Uh, never stop learning. Truly. I can't stress that enough. You never know it all. I never know it all. Education like is seriously so awesome because it's saving yourself the headache by watching someone else go before you and do it before you. Like it's literally also just saving you time and it's, it's allowing, that's why people can grow so quickly in business these days is because like literally, um, they found other people who've done it first and made all the bumps and bruises in the road and the mistakes and they just watch them and they buy their education or they let them coach them. And they're like, wow, I really, um, I'm skipping a lot of mistakes here, you know? So that is, that is the, like the, the huge point of education that is so beautiful is that like, if you can skip 
so much of those mistakes by jumping into education like you're you're so ahead and also like i think education is so motivating and inspiring like when you see people who are excited to teach you and when you see people who are like just so ready to share what they've learned it's so motivating like there's there there is like oh man i get so motivated when people like when i listen to educational things and like when i take courses or like i have a coach like i i just that just lights me up like almost nothing else does and it's also great to not be the smartest one in the room um it's always good to keep growing and evolving as a person and as a business owner okay so number 10 accountability and community have accountability have community it is so important you guys to set up accountability as much as you can so you're not always like your own bad guy, you know, back to number one, when I, when I talk about be your own boss, it is, oof, it is hard to be your own boss sometimes. It really is. And you know, if you, you, if you are your own boss, you know, <laughs> um, so make sure you have accountability and of some sort, like whether it's a coach, whether I, I don't know what it is, but like, make sure you have accountability, whether it's a coach, whether it's those in your industry who you are um, just kind of like rubbing shoulders with, whatever it is, like make sure that there is a dimension of accountability in your business so that you are answering to something. Um, Like for me, like a big source of accountability is that like I have to provide for my family, like that I have a wife and I would probably have kids one day, hopefully. Um, And so it's like, okay, that's a huge, huge source of accountability. And it drives me incredibly more than probably if I was just single. Seriously, it does. Um, And that's just me. I'm not saying if you're single, you don't have that. But there's so many other forms of accountability that you can have and set up. Um, So accountability is so important. And then like community is so important as well, because for the same reason, you will rise and fall with the people around you. It's, it's the truth. So like, have you ever heard the saying, like you're the sum of the five people you're friends with? (laughs) Um, It's true. Like, honestly, like you are in a lot of senses, like the sum of the five people you're friends with. So do you got to ask yourself, like, who are your friends? Like, are they sharpening you or are they bringing you down? Like, how do you feel after you spending time with them. Professional community also is just so key. Like I love it when I have like just like friends in my own industry and outside of my industry who are in these professional spheres, whether they're entrepreneurs or not. Most of them, most of a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs, but like seriously, like I I just love that because it pushes me and drives me to be the best version version of myself. Like when you're like it's like I was it's funny, I was in the gym the other day and this just hit me because this happens all the time when you're in the gym, but like, it's like I was in the gym and I was in this room all by myself, like working out. And then I had two other guys come in the same room and and then they were working out too. And they were working out really hard. And I mean, like right when they walked in, like it was like, okay, well now I'm going to start working, working out even harder with more like drive because they are working out super hard too. So it's like, it, it just like when we're all working out together, it like elevates the enthusiasm of the room, literally. And for what we're doing. So seriously, like it's it's a thing. Like professional community is absolutely key and people surrounding yourself with people who are uplifting you. The stats on like I wish I had the stats on like people who are in professional community and who surround themselves with others who are just like reaching similar goals as them and like how many people who are in community reach those goals and then how many people who aren't in community reach the same goals. Like it's it's crazy the amount of people that if you're in the community and you share the goals, or even if you have similar goals, um, but you're in the community with people who are very good for you and who are driving you further, you are much more likely to actually reach your own goals. So again, it's like the point is just don't hang everything 
on the hinge of just yourself. Like that's too much pressure. We were built for community. We were built for others. And and that's it's such a beautiful thing. Okay, so those are the 10. I am sure there are more, but those are like the big ones that I want to talk about today. There's so much, there's so much to unpack here. Um, like this was an overview, but I trust that this was all helpful for you. I know it would have been super helpful for me to hear at a previous point in my career. Um, you know, some of these things I still have to remind myself and refine myself. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say in, in all of these things I'm like perfect, um, but I do want this to empower you. Um, I don't want this to diminish you at all. If if some of these you really have to work on here, the honestly, guys, the creativity we love comes to life through these business-minded principles that maybe are a little bit more hard-hitting for some of us. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you love the episode, uh, make sure and leave a review. I would absolutely love that. Every single review I read and it means so much to me. And it just helps me like it just helps me get this show bigger and stronger for you guys. Um, you can shout me out in the Instagram stories. I love that as well. You can follow me at Nathan Chansky on Instagram or TikTok. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you right here next week.